Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Joel Berry. I help out with Kids Zone here at Ridgeview, and today I will be continuing the message series that Pastor Alex began a few weeks back called Streams of Thought. What we've been doing in this message series is really looking at what enters our mind, our thoughts, and then what we do with them from there, and how those thoughts can really impact not only the course of a day, but the course of our life, how our relationships turn out, how our relationship with people with God, uh, how it impacts our work and family and life, and all these other repercussions from these small little things we call thoughts. Uh, we have emotions that enter our minds throughout the day. If you're like me, I, enter, I experience any number of emotions during the day. Two key emotions, negative emotions I want to touch on today are anger and worry. You ever heard of those? Have you ever experienced any anger? or any worry? I know I have, and I want you to know as we dig in today and look at the scripture that there is hope to be had and ground to be gained as we look into God's word and see the help that he has for us dealing with these emotions and not only uh, recognizing them when they arrive, but really how to uh, see the thoughts that are tied in with these emotions and then how to combat those thoughts. And so I really think that this is going to be a great help as we get into God's word today to see the help that he has for us. Um, Again, anger and worry are really familiar. I remember uh, when I was in high school, I was driving my car in generally in my neighborhood, maybe a couple miles from my house, and I'm on a very main street, and I decided I turned off the main street into a neighborhood, and immediately after I turned off to the main street, a pickup truck sped around me, parked, put their car in park, so I had to stop because they slammed on their brakes in front of me, and then the guy driving the truck... Uh, gets out of his car and he's marching toward my car. And it didn't take me long to like surmise these three to five seconds of life in front of me and saying, sped around me, parked, hopped out, marching at my car, angry. I figured anger was the emotion that was uh, behind all this from, from just, you know, putting the picture together. So I'm in my car and, you know, there's options I had. I could, uh, kind of meet his anger with my own anger. Hey, what in the world are you doing? Why are you parked in the middle of the street? Are you crazy? You know, I could have I could have leaned out and gone that route. I could have leaned out and gone the kind questioning route, like, hey, you know, being the listener and just saying, hey, uh, are you okay? Is there something I did wrong? Can I, you know, whatever. I didn't choose either of those options. I chose to do this. Lean out my window, bring up my hand and say, sorry. And immediately... The guy looked at me as he was approaching my car, spun around, marched back to his car, put it in drive, and drove off. And there I was in the street thinking, I have no idea what just happened. But it was like I had a superpower because of that one word. I apologized. The anger or whatever was diffused. That guy was satisfied. And to this day, I have no idea what I did to upset the man so much. Um, But I do know that there was power in that apology, and I didn't try to retaliate in anger. But I've been on the other side of that, have you? Where you've been so upset and you just want to react out of anger, and you know, where you would park your car or march towards someone or whatever it is in the moment to where you say. And it doesn't take long. Have you ever been angry and, and you responded so quickly and you think, where did that come from? I mean, I've had uh, situations like that in my life where it's just briefly after I've been reading my Bible and praying and then I enter my day and I just get sidetracked quick with emotion. And anger is one of those key emotions. So we're going to look into that today and I want to start in James chapter 1 verses 19 through 20. Let's look at these verses to see what 
Scripture says about anger. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, as we get into these verses here in James, I want to just say from the onset, from my experience, right responses aren't always glamorous and they aren't always showy. In fact, a lot of wrong responses get attention, but that doesn't mean they're right. And so sometimes uh, being uh, slow to speak and quick to listen, that doesn't sound too glamorous. Uh, When you think of superheroes, a lot of them can fly fast or run fast or throw things far or do that kind of stuff. You don't typically see a superhero that's quick to listen, and that's their power, and people are like, ooh, what what a great listener. But according to Scripture, we are to be quick to listen to others and slow to speak our own mind and in turn slow to anger. Um, Because why? Because our efforts at being uh, at responding in anger, don't achieve the righteousness of God. And actually, that's our end goal as followers of Christ, is to live rightly as God leads us and teaches us and has shown us how to live. And if we're getting into these other things, like anger and responding in emotion, we're finding ourselves losing ground instead of gaining ground in our relationships, in our work, in our uh, relationship with God, and every aspect of our life. So we want to be uh, slow to speak and quick to listen. Now also in Proverbs seventeen twenty seven, there's a verse that says, he who restrains his words has knowledge and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. I love that picture of having a cool spirit. Uh, things may come your way, but you are trusting in God. And really when we respond in anger, what we do uh, are doing is, is a lack of faith. It's believing that God may rip us off, right? It's that if I don't take this into my own hands, I am not going to be taken care of. But as we look at God's word, that's, that's actually the opposite. He isn't going to take care of us as we do things his way. And thankfully, he has laid out a map for us in the Bible on how to handle these things. So let's continue on here. This takes faith. Negative emotions can weigh us down and block our joy. Now, I don't think that that's maybe a groundbreaking news to you, but if you've experienced negative emotions and you've let them have their way with you. When an emotion comes, we don't have to sit with it, but when we find that we let it take root and carry us into our day, it weighs us down and it blocks our joy and it obviously affects the way we're responding to other people. I know that if I'm not in a good mood because I've let an emotion win the day, um, I can respond to my children or my wife or people that I'm in a relationship with unkindly um, and I'm missing joy in those relationships. It wasn't about them, it was something else and I've given up ground. So we want to be aware of these negative emotions, and then we want to know how to move forward in them. So how do we deal with anger? Uh, One is uh, we give our goals to God and choose a righteous path to accomplish them. So what is it that you want to accomplish today or uh, this year or in your life if you've got these things that you're working toward? You need to give your goals that you have to God and then trust Him to give you a path on how to accomplish these. And these are, he's already started doing that as we've looked at James chapter 1 today. Working these responses into our life is going to impact um, what we want to accomplish. So we want to be aware of that. Now, is anger wrong? Well, let's look at Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. 
So according to the scripture here, you can be angry and not sin, but you don't let that anger stay and sit. You don't let the sun go down on your anger because then you are giving the devil an opportunity. And where there is tremendous ground to be gained, we can find ourselves losing ground. And it really, in the beginning, it only hurts ourselves. And then it begins to hurt those around us because we hang on to this anger and it really impacts uh, our lives and the goodness that can be done. Uh, You can experience the emotion of anger and not sin. That's what this verse is saying. The emotions you are experiencing aren't right or wrong, but what you choose to do with those emotions are right or wrong. So we have a choice to make. When when anger raises its head, we have a choice to make, and we don't want to start beating ourselves up because we experience an emotion. We want to choose rightly on how to handle that emotion in the moment. And as we develop that skill, by the grace of God, we find ourselves making progress and and not being um, discouraged when an emotion hits us. That's not the thing. It's what we do with these emotions. And before we unpack really how to address anger, uh, I want to unpack the emotion of worry, which uh, I think if you're like me, you've been familiar with that. Over the course of your life, there are plenty of things to worry about so much that never happens. Uh, The what ifs can really consume us. But I want us to look at that because it can seemingly come out of nowhere as well during the course of a day. Something, uh, whether it's from the past, present, or just something that you read or something someone says, can really uh, cause concern and and you have to address it. And I think uh, we are about to look at several of the best verses in Scripture on how to deal with our emotions. And so let's look at that in Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Is there an instance, according to the Bible, that we shouldn't rejoice in the Lord? No. Rejoice in the Lord always. No matter where you are in your day, in your life, in your uh, range of emotions, you can rejoice in the Lord by the very fact that He is present and He is able and He has given you life and given you life in Him. So there's always something to rejoice about. And notice there's a key word here that uh, Paul writes as, as we pray. We do it with thanksgiving. Because there's two things. You can't be thankful and unthankful at the same time. You can't be full of anger and worry and grateful at the same time. And so so Paul says here, But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So gratefully offer these requests up because thankfully you have a Heavenly Father who cares, who wants to listen to you, and wants to answer. And so when you are experiencing worry... Paul says, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious about anything. That pretty much covers it, doesn't it? I'm trying to think that what what doesn't fall under the umbrella of anything. And uh, I think the answer is nothing. So don't be anxious about anything. Well, what do I do? I'm anxious. No, don't. Instead, pray. And how do I pray? I pray with gratitude. And as I develop this muscle of praying with gratitude, I find victory over these emotions that I thought were just supposed to win the day because if I feel them, I go with them, right? I just do what I feel. Not according to the Bible. 
We don't need to be anxious about anything. Everything in prayer supplication with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want the peace of God to guard their hearts and their minds? Because that's where it starts, right? A worry or angry, a worried or angry thought enters our mind. And if we're not quickly, if we're not careful, quickly it goes from here to here. And once it goes into our heart, uh, it starts setting the direction of our life. And so that transition from what we're thinking to what we're believing and mulling over and rehearsing is, is a moment. But it is a moment. It doesn't happen uh, instantaneously. There is an opportunity between here and here to buy up the opportunity to turn that emotion over to God and gain the ground in the moment without losing it. So let's, let's look on here. Emotions are really uh, like turbulence. Have you ever been in an airplane and turbulence hit? Now, sometimes the pilot can give you a head up, heads up. That, that sometimes may help you. It may not. You may just worry longer until the turbulence hits. And sometimes it just hits, right? And uh, in my experience, it can be, uh, you know, it lasts a little longer than I want it to or just be kind of quick. And by the time you realize what's happening, you're over the bump and you're through it. But emotions are a lot like that. We're going throughout our day and uh, maybe you know you're going into a situation where you're prone to being worried or angry because of the person you're going to deal with or whatever. And so you're anticipating. Maybe you're not. But when it comes, it, it, it was there. Now, once it's there, we can let it go. If you've been in turbulence, you've probably seen people do different things. They, they go back to sipping their Coke. Maybe they go back to reading their book. Maybe they go back to working on whatever they're doing or watching a movie on their laptop. Or maybe their head is on a swivel and they can't get past it and they're spending the rest of the trip like looking out the windows for clouds even if it's nighttime and trying to anticipate the next moment of turbulence because they can't let the emotion go and they're letting it now carry them. And so they're, they're losing out on whatever they were focused on or whatever they were uh, doing in the first place because the turbulence has taken them sideways. And so, yes, emotions come and trouble comes, but we can experience it, turn it over to God, and make progress in it. I want to look more at how to do that. God has provided a gap between the emotion and our response, and that is our opportunity now, Pastor Alex has talked about over the last few weeks, he's mentioned a, a book called The 4-8 Principle by Tommy Newberry. And in that book, there is um, something that he calls RATS, R-A-T-S, which is really awful thoughts. And then he also talks about how to starve these thoughts. So I'd like to spend a little bit of time right now uh, looking at some of these thoughts and identifying them because I think you may find these familiar and then we'll, we'll dig into how we can actually gain uh, help through how to starve these thoughts. So let's let's look at this list. You'll see one is uh, amplifiers. And on your listening guide, if you've been able to print that out today, you'll notice there's a longer definition. And I'll kind of uh, cover these quickly, but you can access the, the study guide to see these also. Amplifiers magnify unpleasant situations with recurrent use of extreme words like always, never, no one, and every time. Now, if you're like me, it's easier for me to identify these in other people. So let's say I'm dealing with my children um, at home or we're out somewhere and we've had a lot of fun. We've, we've had a great day together and I need to tell them no on something. Hey, we can't do this or this isn't going to be able to happen. It's not going to work out. 
and there is just uh, disappointment and oh this, the day is terrible and I have reminded before I've said hey everything isn't bad and it's not all terrible and it wasn't oh the you, just extreme words you know that we can all use this was good this was good this was good this was good but this this was a little disappointing and we're gonna have to shift and do something else right but uh, I'm the same way you know if something happens I can say oh it always happens this way or it never goes my way and if you're like that that is not that should be a red flag if you find yourself using those words like wait a minute that is not the truth those amplifiers that i'm using um, are enemy thoughts and the enemy can use to take us sideways when we experience these emotions so we want to be aware of those so amplifiers may be a familiar one to you there's feelers uh, accept negative feelings as true without questioning them so maybe you um hear something and it worries you or it angers you and you're like, well, it's the truth. I heard it. I read it on the internet. It's got to be true, right? And so you want to check those things. Check your source before you let it take you off into another direction. Uh, Guessers, they pretend they know what other people are thinking and then they assume the worst ahead of time. Have you ever done that? Uh, preconceived notions, what you think, oh, they're going to say this, or this is probably what they think, or um, I- I've done that, where I've completely misread someone, and, and uh, it's amazing how much asking a question for clarification can alleviate so much stress and anger. Um, and you see that used in uh, films and television a lot, too, even for comedic content. Uh, misunderstandings can create good comedy, but if you're in the middle of it, it's, it's serious stuff, you know, if you're misunderstanding someone. And so we want to be careful uh, that we're not guessing and uh, coming up with our own answers based on nothing but just something we pulled out of our head because, based, uh, well, if they acted that way, they had to act that way because of this and this. That's the only answer. And typically it's not the only answer. So we want to be aware of that. Exaggerators transform molehills into mountains with trigger words like horrible, worse, ruined, shocked, devastated, stunned, outraged. Um, so... Obviously, there's a lot of, uh, you know, social media, media can, can use these words uh, because it makes good headlines. Um, and so something is completely this way or something is completely that way. And so exaggerating things can really amplify the wrong emotion and take us in the wrong direction. So as we recognize things being exaggerated or we're exaggerating them based on our emotion, we can take that to God and really ask for help in the moment. And really gain ground. And, and if you've been a person your whole life where you said, well, I'm, I just I have an anger problem or that's just, that's just who I am. Um, that is another lie that we can tell ourselves to say, well, I've always been that way. And now that I'm this old, I, I'm pretty sure it's not going to change. Um, the truth is it can change. And you can gain ground in your anger and in your worry as you recognize these things and really take them to God and work. And it is a battle but God has given you everything that you need for this battle. We have no excuses. We are taken care of above and beyond all we can ask or imagine. We just want to move forward in faith and trust God as He leads us to make progress in these areas. All right, let's keep looking at these. Uh, Identifiers inject harmless events with personal meaning. They overestimate how the event is related to them. If we're at the center of our world, uh, we may identify everything as being you know, geared toward us or aimed at us, and that may just not be the case. 
So we want to be aware of that. Forecasters predict the worst case scenario, often aloud, and usually before they even get started uh, participating in an activity, solving a problem or engaging in an important conversation. So uh, that's a little bit of Eeyore, if you've ever been uh, much of a Winnie the Pooh watcher, where it's like, oh, why even start? I'm going to lose. Why even do this? It's not going to be worth it. Um, If you find that happening, know that you need to stop. And God is willing and available to help you stop. We want to identify these things. We want to recognize these patterns, these really awful thoughts that we can have because then we can see them not as, oh, I have to keep those thoughts because they entered my head and I have to hold on to them because I I had them. They're mine, right? I keep them like a pet. You don't. Let's look at the next couple, uh, the next few. Cynics, they have a knack for finding something wrong, even if it's the only thing wrong. Out of, out of everything, all, all is going well, but, well, it may not go well tomorrow. Whatever, right? Cynics. But I'll tell you one thing God's been rooting out in me over the last couple of years is we, my family and I have moved to uh, Fontana to help uh, Ridgeview start. God uh, has really uh, convicted me to be grateful and to be thankful and actually start a list. And every, every morning I've developed the habit now of uh, almost every morning I, I write down three things that I'm thankful for. Um, and it can be as, as simple as a cup of coffee. And some days it may be a scripture verse or it may be something else. But I try to just look at my life and say, what can I be grateful for? Because I've realized I can't be cynical and grateful at the same time. And cynicism is that it's not going to work out. And when, when my wife and I were moving to North Fontana, we sold our home in West Covina five times. And the first four times it fell out of escrow over the course of months. We had purchased a home in North Fontana and we, it had to go back on the market. And we thought that was, gonna, that was our home for us and our family and where we were going to uh, live and help Ridgeview start. And the, the home we wanted had to go back on the market. Someone else bought it. And from early March till late July, we were in this back and forth. And it was very difficult for me not to get cynical like Am I ever going to sell our house? Are we ever going to be able to move? Um, and uh, fast forward, we did. We did move, and we we ended up in a home, in retrospect, that is far better for various reasons than where we were going to move. And God taught me uh, during that time to be writing down my thoughts, and I can actually go back two years ago and see what God was teaching me. But one of the things is you just reject cynicism. You don't get into it. Um, You don't keep it around. You don't mess with it. Uh, There are things you don't have to uh, converse with. You can see cynicism coming and say, nip, and go the other way and leave it. Um, And that's one of the big things. And as you develop gratitude, and as I develop gratitude, I find that cynicism shrinks. And so that's another one. Let's, Let's continue on. There's a couple more here. Blamers point the finger at someone else for their own problems, even though it's rare that problems are caused entirely by someone else. So they're not going to take responsibility for anything. It's always someone else's fault. I have to be aware of that. You have to be aware of that. Because at the end of the day, you are responsible for you. I am responsible for me. And it's something I've, I found myself telling my children. I was like, I know you feel like you may have been wronged by this sibling or someone else. Um, you can't control what they did to you. But how you respond to them is your your choice, your responsibility, and you are asked by God to respond in a way that pleases Him. So that's not, that means we don't respond out of anger. And we don't respond out of fear or worry. 
And if we do, we, we clear it up. And we have a gracious God who forgives and helps us make progress from there. But we want to be aware of not blaming, but taking responsibility and choosing our response by the grace of God uh, that lines up with Scripture and move that direction. Finally, justifiers. They remind themselves of all the reasons why they are entitled to this negative emotion or that negative outburst. Well, I wouldn't have done that if you hadn't done that. I've been working all day, so I can, I can do that, right? Or whatever the reason is, we say, um, I deserve this outburst, or I deserve to hug this worry like it's my best friend, whatever it is. Um, so, right, these may be familiar. One, all, some, some of these may from this list be familiar. Let's look at now briefly, before we wrap up, what to do with these thoughts. One is uh, you put them in their place. So you challenge their authenticity. Just because you think something uh, or you're experiencing an emotion doesn't mean that you have to stay there, like I've said, and it doesn't need to dictate my behavior. You can even say that. This doesn't need to dictate uh, my behavior and how I go about my day. You just kind of look at it and say, okay, I recognize that. I'm not, I'm not doing anything with that. You know, this, this is not true. Uh, owning them. So next thing you can do with these thoughts is own them. I'm responsible for this thought. You know, you are taking accountability. I thought it. Um, I'm angry. And God, will you help me uh, direct this energy and this anger in a way that's productive and helpful and kind? May I not respond out of the anger that I'm feeling, but may I use it um, to take to you for help? and for direction on how to move forward the best. So, so own, own the thought. You had it. Uh, tuning into the big picture, changing your perspective can change your heart. You kind of step back and you say, okay, wait, in the vast scheme of things, do I need to be mad that there's no great popsicles left or whatever? Or do I need to be mad that my uh, car broke down on the highway? You know, I'm still okay and whatever. You know, it could be big or small. We find ourselves reacting in emotion uh, to so many different things. And we can say, uh, God, I know that you can, you can help me with this and there's a bigger picture going on and I need to step back and be reminded of that. And our, and our heart can change as we do that. Also, drop the thought. Um, just drop it. Venting isn't worth it. Proverbs 29.11 says, A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. You don't have to give full vent to the emotion. Just drop it. Let it go. Next, practice compassion. Assume the people involved are struggling and in pain. See from their perspective. So you want to look out for other people. They may be going through something, and until you take the time to listen or understand, um, you don't know. And if it's someone you're not in a relationship with, you may be just from a distance saying, I can't believe that person. Maybe it's someone in the media or someone that's a public figure that you don't even have a relationship with. Uh, let's not assume the worst. Let's, let's assume that you know, they've got other things going on. I was talking to my brother recently. He was talking about a co-worker. That, it was a new, new area he was in, and, and this lady uh, had a reputation for not being uh, kind and he told me, I took the time to get to know her, and I realized she leaves this job, sleeps for an hour, goes to the next job, and has time to then come back to this job the next day. She, she's not really sleeping. So this lady who appears to be angry is tired. So in addition to practicing compassion, we can ask God for help. We can pray in the moment. And Romans 12, 2 says we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. God can really help us. Uh, transform the way that we think, and He is willing to. So reach out, 
and ask God for the help you need. Sometimes we can stop ourselves uh, from getting the help by telling ourselves the wrong thoughts, by saying, God doesn't want to listen to me. God doesn't care. Those are not true. God does want to listen to you, and He does care. I want to end with this thought here. Let's look at this. Emotions don't reveal the quality of your life. They reveal the quality of your thinking at any particular moment. Now, we've been able to look at some key points from Scripture, some insights from Tommy Newberry's book, The 4-8 Principle, today. But that is a key thought here at the end, which is sometimes if we are worried again or we are angry again, we can think, that's all I do. But the truth is, if you take the time and look at the many, many good moments you've had and how God has helped you make progress over time— it's, it doesn't define, that emotion in the moment doesn't define, define who you are. It just defines where you at or you're at at that moment. And as you recognize it in that moment, as it enters your, your head and your thoughts, before it gets to the heart, there's that opportunity to say, nope, I'm not going to let this take root today. God, will you help me? I want to turn this over to you and help me make progress in this area. And then you can look through uh, these thoughts of what to do with these thoughts, this list of six things that we just went over. And you can go back to the scripture, James 1, 19 through 20, or Philippians 4, uh, 4 through 7, or these other ones. In Proverbs 17, 27 that I mentioned um, about uh, keeping a cool spirit. Also, there's Proverbs 29, 11, not giving full vent to your anger. So there are verses that you can... Take and fill your mind with those to do battle in those moments. So I hope that this has been a help to you today. And as we uh, wrap up service, I want to look at a few next steps and talk about those. So there may be something that was brought up today that really resonated with you and you want to identify how you can make progress this week and start taking next steps in your relationship with God. One might be just to commit your life to following Christ for the first time. Because without a relationship with God and understanding that He is uh, holy and He's almighty and we were separated uh, from Him because of our sin, because we, we aren't perfect, but He has restored that relationship to Him through the death and resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ. Without that uh, relationship through Jesus, we don't have the connection and the relationship to God be, to be able to access the power that He provides us to, to win in these areas. And so if you haven't committed your life to Christ, I encourage you to do that. You can mark that on your connection card today, and someone from Ridgeview will get in touch with you. But other next steps, write out three things daily that you're thankful for. And uh, I, I think this is a good practice for one thing. You may write three, and you're like, that's good. And the next day, try to come up with three more. And you'll be surprised that, oh, yeah, there are three more things I can be thankful for. And so there, uh, this list can grow over time. And when you're having trouble being thankful, well, now you have a list to refer to of how God has taken care of you and things that you are grateful for. And you find yourself developing an attitude of gratitude, and it leaves less room to no room for cynicism to take root. Um, another one, spend time in one of these passages this week that I've mentioned during the sermon today. You can um, read it, try to memorize it, and be working toward memorizing it, or, or find yourself just reading uh, some of these verses every day. But maybe identify one of the passages that you would like to spend more time on specifically. And finally, identify one of the ways to starve negative emotions and ask God for help as you apply it. So as we wrap up the service today, I just want to encourage you to really um, don't let the emotion win the day, but because of the power that you have through, through Jesus, you can 
take that emotion, turn it over to God, and really make progress in loving others, loving God, and finding yourself not being owned uh, by an emotion and letting it carry you, but you're able to continue to live a life and take care of your stewardships and responsibilities in a way that really pleases God, honors Him, and blesses others. And and, and I know that, there, like I said at the beginning, there is hope to be had because of Jesus, and there's ground to be gained, and you are able to do that through Christ. So will you pray with me as we wrap up this morning? Dear God, I thank you, Lord, for this time uh, looking at your word and looking at how how good you are to us, that we uh, have what we need in Jesus to accomplish what you've given us to do today. And as uh, anger rears its head or worry rears its head, we pray that you would give us the strength to remember what your word says and to spend time in it, remembering that we um, don't need to be anxious for anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Lord, we make our request known to you. And so as we go out this week, we pray for strength to really uh, work for peace uh, in our relationships, in our lives, in our communities, and honor you as we trust you to lead this the way for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.